Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 20-something. 28. Uh, 28. My name's Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. Man, how you doing? It's summertime. Is Your life as crazy as mine. Dude, it has been insane. Susan and I were just talking the other day that this summer has flown by. There are certain people we haven't seen. There's so much stuff going on. There's things that we usually take care of that have just kind of been let by the wayside just because we... I mean, obviously, the summer started when the two of us got married. So that sure. kind of tells you the the pace that the summer got set. And uh, as it stands, I leave in a week for a week of of ministry up in Boston. So the the summer has just been just bang bang boom. Holy cow! This is ridiculous. Well, that's kind of how summer is, right? Well, yeah. I forget about me though, because there was something that got got mentioned in the last episode that I desperately want to get back to. Because right. not only was this the coolest thing for your kids. I want to see what your reaction to your first Ren Faire was. All right. Uh, that's fair. We've talked about it a few times. Uh, we did go. Uh, let me see. It was, well, I guess it was a week ago now. Um, and you're right. My kids loved it. I did uh, see the picture you posted of your little girls sitting there with bows and arrows. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they made out like bandits, uh, so to speak. Yeah, because you, made out, you totally, made out like cut, you, I'm cut sure purses, you, you, so to speak. Yeah, I'm sure you totally were like, like oh, no, you, you can't have that awesome thing that I kind of want. Yeah, I've spent a small fortune that weekend and spent, well, I guess food. But other than food, spent none of it on myself. I didn't come away with anything. My kids came away with it all, but that is the nature of uh, parenthood. So, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, I was prepared, I thought. But now here's the thing, right? I live in, uh, on the central coast of California. It's a gorgeous area, right? But there's just not very many people here. All right? I know most people think about California. They think about L.A. They think about San Diego. They think about packed freeways. And and that stuff's there, and that's actually where I grew up, but that's not where I live now. I live kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, San Luis Obispo, where the uh, rent fair was, it, I mean, it's a decent-sized city, but it, it's kind of a standalone city. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. There were so many passionate people at this thing, it blew my mind. It's a rent fair. That, it kind of draws them out. I, I mean, like, I'm talking... It had to have been 10,000 people. There were a lot of people there by the end of the day. It was pretty quiet in the morning. We, we actually were there like pretty much right as it opened. But, uh, and just the level of costuming. I've been to a lot of cons, man. But the level of costuming puts all but the very best, you know, cosplayers to shame. So you went to a good Ren fair. I, I I guess. I mean, this was... And, and I'm talking about the attendees. No, no, obviously, that, that's the sign of a good Ren Faire. If, it, if it, any, anybody can throw together some professional costumes and, and throw a Ren Faire, you know you've got a good one if the quality costumers come out to play at it. And, you know, I mean, these people were, I think, about as authentic as you can get. I, you know, you're seeing people walking around in full-on chainmail, uh, a lot of barbarian, Viking kind of vibe going. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the, you know, there were requisite pirates, which did is. Did you have anybody? Just, did you have anybody talk to you in character? I love it when they do that. Oh, absolutely! Like 
I'd say at I'd say at least half of the people there were there in character. Nice. Um, you know, they had their pirates, which I think really is just an excuse to not wear very much. True. Um, yes, there are lots of breastages. Um, that's a little disturbing, but you know, I suppose that's the uh, that's the vibe. Um, but it, it was actually pretty cool. You know, I'll tell you though, I was disappointed in one thing, and that is that there just wasn't very much to do. Mm. Um, there wasn't much hands-on kind of stuff. There was an archery thing, uh, but unfortunately, because the archery thing was was just one of the the few hands-on thing, the line was like were waiting for it ginormous. Uh, but for the most part, it was it was a swap meet. I mean, it was a sale of really incredible handmade stuff, but it was basically just a sale. Mm. Um, I would have liked to see more. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in. We saw a couple of shows. One of them was amazing. Uh, sort of a juggler, jester kind of vibe. Awesome. Uh, some were just not very good. Uh, <laughs> one of the worst magicians I've ever come in contact with, so uh, not, not, not fun. Um, so on the one hand, like just being in the vibe was very, very cool. On the other hand, I was a little disappointed by the execution. Well, I mean, you're going to get that, just like any group of performers and stuff like that, you know. You have some that are really good and some that are just, well, they're phoning it in. But I am glad that overall you had a pleasant experience. because oh, I, I, great, I, would, I, I did have a great time, especially I would hate because my it. kids did. I would hate it if your first experience with a Ren Faire was not a good one. That would, that would not work, sit well with me. Yeah, I mean, basically at the end of the day, you know, we were taking the kids out. They could have just hung out forever. And I'm surprised at how much my kids were into, like, oh, look at this leather stuff, or look at these weapons, or look at this outfit, or look at this purse, or whatever. Um, they were really into... I mean, but, I, you know, it also happened to work out at a good time, um, because kind of the Renaissance vibe is very big right now uh, amongst my daughter's age group. And so that that was really worked out well. Um, my oldest daughter is very into... Uh, uh, King Arthur right now, so that worked out really well. Nice. Um, we're reading Redwall, so that kind of... Oh, yes! I love Redwall. That, that vibe. Um, and so that, that kind of overlapped really nicely. So yeah, I mean, it was a really good time. Afterwards, we're kind of... We're actually on the bus to kind of be bussed back to the parking area. And uh, the kids are, you know, like after 30 seconds on the bus, they're just sacked, right? They're totally worn out. My wife kind of looked over at me and was like, this was a really good plan. And so, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was an awful lot of fun. And we're definitely going to go back next year. And after describing it to my parents, they're like, well, we're going to totally come up and go with you. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to become part of the tradition. That's for sure. That is very cool. I was, I was, uh, I sent you the the link to the, the one Ren Faire that apparently they've made How to Train Your Dragon live, which I so desperately want to go see. And they took one of the dragons to a local Renaissance fair. That's awesome. And it it was it. I just saw pictures, like still pictures, of the How to Train Your Dragon dragon there in the middle of this Ren fair. Coolest thing ever. It uh, it was actually kind of fun. The uh, this Ren fair happened to take place relatively close to a um, a reserves base. Okay, and so a couple of times through, we got very low flying helicopters uh, going over, 
and the entire place just went nuts. Uh, you know, calling out dragon, dragon people mount, mounting towers, <laughs> getting ready to defend the, the place. It it was pretty amazing. Um, I think also something that was happening that I really wasn't quite understanding was I think that there were guilds there. Uh, it seemed like people had um, sort of areas that they had rented out for their own sort of cosplay reenactment group hmm. uh, that were sort of private pavilions. And uh, so I, I was kind of interested to know what that was about. Um, you know, it was... It, but it was interesting. Those were clearly the people with the best costumes, the bet, the most involved in the whole process. That's, I, I'm very happy. You've you've given me good news, and I, we do have to talk about the fact that you know we kind of need good news because it hasn't all been that good lately. No, we've had some uh, well tragedy and uh, geeky tragedy at that. Sadly, uh, when the the tragedy happened uh, in Aurora, and we had already pre-recorded that episode, um, that's why, if, if you were wondering why we didn't mention it, it's because it was pre-recorded. Um, we were even kind of slow to mention it now, just because of the fact that it's been in the news, and it's been... We, we didn't want to be just another voice who was opening up the wounds again, but at the same point, we can't do this show and not talk about the fact that that especially as Christians, we need to we need to pray for these families and the the hardest thing I've ever heard lately that somebody said to me was is that you have to be open to the fact that you have to pray for the guy who did this. And even as I say that, a little bit of bile hits the back of my throat because I don't want to say that. Because I I was one of the the shouting masses that says that that this was a disgrace and an inhuman act, and it was, but it was perpetrated by a human, and I can't get my I can't take my theology away from the fact that all humans are made by God in the image of our Creator, and therefore need redemption, and. I don't know. I, I've been trying to wrap my head around this the whole time. And there is there is no wrapping your head around this. It, there isn't, but that doesn't stop me from trying because I'm that's how I roll. And I just I just really want before we drag this out and go into a, a bummer episode because we don't want to do that. Um, Luke and I just wanted to make sure that that we kind of shout out that. Our, our hearts and prayers are with everybody who's been touched by this. Um, every family who either lost somebody or is dealing with the injuries or the countless heartbreak stories that are coming out about uh, people without medical insurance who are literally have no idea how they're going to pay for the injuries because their their teenager got shot for watching Batman. And it, there's nothing but ridiculousness in that statement. And our hearts go out to them. I don't think there's anything else to say. Yep. Um, and so we'll move on. We will move on. As hard as it might be, Mike, what you been up to? I have been trying my hardest to do lots of different things. I'm planning, I'm writing, I'm uh, trying to get a job in a church. I'm sadly not going to see Batman. I've for wanted, I want time to see... reasons, or because you've it's been spoiled for you, or because 
You hate the Batman. No, no. I the, the, once the whole thing happened. I mean, I there obviously I didn't want to go that weekend, not because I I hold it against the movie, but because I just didn't want to go anywhere or do anything that weekend. Because when you get hit with that kind of epic tragedy, you don't want to do anything. And uh, at the same point, I don't think that the reason I haven't gone is because the the movie's been ruined. I've heard a lot of people on the internet, especially, saying that they were going to go see it, but because of this, they're not gonna. And the only thing that, that keeps hitting my mind is, is that if you do that, this dude won. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, maybe out of solidarity, but they were there. They wanted to see this movie. This was part of their culture. This was part of what they love. Uh, and we love it too. So, I mean, I suppose you could say out of fear that you're not going to go, but I think that's a little foolish. Um, yeah, that, the argument just doesn't make sense to me. But, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a common thing that's going on. And, um, it's, it's been kind of interesting to see the reaction that, uh, different theaters have taken. Um, there, I mean, security is insane right now. And, um, I mean, there's, it's the only thing that I can say for a fact that I dislike about it is the, 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 in the aftermath, the wave of it is everybody using this to rally their cause. And we've already, I don't want to beat that dead horse. We've already talked about that, but I, I, I don't like that. I hate the fact that there was one person, you know, one group of people saying, this is why we need more gun control. And then another group said, no, no, this is why everyone needs to have a gun. So people like this can be put down quickly. And I'm like, wow, just stop. But I do want to see this movie because I, from everything I've heard, it's a really well done movie. I love the Batman. Uh, it's the only DC comic book hero that I truly enjoy. Um, but yeah, I, I've heard I've heard good things. I just have I've been busy. What about you, Luke? Do you have any plans to see it? Uh, you know, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, however, I did buy my ticket. So uh, tomorrow I have uh, a rare fun day. Nice. Uh, I am heading off to. Uh, to San Jose, I'm going to spend the day there doing several things, one of which is seeing, and this is very specific, seeing Batman in IMAX in 2D. In Which, by 2D. the way, not easy to do just no. with that, that combination. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to, I bought the ticket, uh, an extraordinarily expensive ticket, by the way, uh, and I'm going to go see it in IMAX, and I have to do it in 2D. I have a, a fairly serious astigmatism that makes 3D just not work. Uh, I'm with you on that. It literally I... doesn't work. <laughs> uh, never mind the fact that it's not pleasant, but it, it doesn't work anyway, so I don't even get the cool factor out of the not pleasantness. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to go see that tomorrow at uh, uh, about 3 o'clock. So I'm nice. looking forward to it, and also going to have some other good fun times. Well, I am out. My life um, is somewhat similar to yours, I expect. Uh, I am literally surrounded by cool stuff. <laughs> and, I, like, right now, I could look around where I'm sitting, and I have, you know, bits and pieces of at least four different projects I'm in the middle of uh, within arm's reach. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just kind of 
It's one of those, you know, oh, wait, I'm going to do this for 10 minutes. Oh, I'm going to do this for an hour. I'm going to do this for half an hour. And it's all kind of jumbly and it feels like nothing really is happening, but there's all kinds of cool stuff happening in the background. And there's more cool stuff that's sort of looming in the future that, that beckons me. I do love might, a good beckoning. I think we might should talk about one of the beckonings. Oh, please. I love talking about beckonings. Because, you know, everybody who listens to this show knows that we tried and failed to play... Uh, I can't even think of the name. Tor, the Old yeah, Republic. Star Wars, the Old Republic. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, we... But now we have a new contender. That is MechWarrior Online. And anybody who listens to this show also knows... That my favorite, far and away, gaming platform, gaming um, IP is not Dungeons and Dragons. I know that's hard to believe. It is Battletech. I love Battletech down deep in my soul. It is my my first gaming girlfriend. It is my first gaming love. It is it it, it is for me the. Not not even the Paragon, but just the thing that defined for me what gaming was. Well, even even though I've never played it, uh, I have always been curious about it. And the more I've heard about it, because I always thought it was just the war game. And while that seems entertaining, I've since discovered that there's this whole role-playing aspect to it that really makes it something that I want to get into. Well, the role-playing uh, aspect happens on a couple of levels. There is actually a role-playing game where you can play... You can do, you know, just as you would in any other world right. setting. But also, uh, a lot of people who play uh, build a character, like you might in Dungeons & Dragons, where, you know, you're, you have to earn your equipment. It's, whereas in most war games, right, say, let's say Warhammer, you, every match has a predetermined point allocation. And you can use as and many you can get whatever as, you want, few as or as many as you want, as long right. as they add up to that point. And it fits within certain frameworks and rules and whatnot. Um, and you can play BattleTech that way, but a lot of people choose not to. A lot of people say you can start. We start off with a basic set of equipment, and then you get rewards as loot, essentially. Uh, and if you have enough people, then you can kind of. Bar- battle back and forth, you can take their equipment, that kind of stuff. And so you get these leagues, you get these groups that form in a sort of persistent gaming world. Well, we've had, for a long time, various incarnations of MechWarrior. I have played most of them. uh, You know, I don't know that you have, because it turns out there's been a lot. Really? There's been like 12. (laughs) Um, Okay, I've played about half of them then. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I thought I've played every MechWarrior. No, turns out I haven't. Um, but where you're, you're in the mech and I suppose it's possible that there are listeners who don't know what a mech is. A mech is a gigantic humanoid battle vehicle tank thing. And there have been uh, these incarnations of games and they basically take the form of first person shooters and they have been more or less first person shootery. And Mike, I've said before, I'm not too into first person shooters anymore. However, this is going to be MechWarrior Online is going to be different or at least it it throws out the promise that it could be different. And that is that they're taking it a little bit more onto the simulation side. Oh, you, saying you're not you just get in, in the cockpit. You're sitting in the cockpit, but you're not just moving around like a guy running around a field who happens to have giant guns. 
you move like a hundred foot, hundred ton machine. You you're you have to manage not just your inventory, not just your am- ammo, but you need to know how much heat you have. You need to know what your range is. You need to think about line of sight. You need to think about connectivity. You need to think about your role in the battle. Uh, you have armor. You have critical areas where if you're where your ammunition is stored is actually on a physical part of your body. And you need to protect that physical part of your body more than other parts of your body because if it happens to get through, it's going to blow up your ammunition. And that's bad news. Uh, and so this uh, version of MechWarrior really promises to make it more like that game I described. And because it's an online, it's an MMO, they're going to provide a persistent world in which individual players and groups of players called Lances in Battletech uh, can work their way through getting loot and through getting money, can earn upgrades that will Mm. make you a little bit faster and give you some more armor, a new kind of weapon or whatever. It also has to fit within the chassis of you. So there are still rules. You can't just pile guns on top of guns, but that's so exciting to me. Well, I think the big thing for me, there were two aspects that really made it above and beyond awesome, because I did completely fanboy out on this game. I did, I I, I remember even te- like texting you the minute I, you know, there's a MechWarrior game coming out! Yeah, and my response was, I don't really believe you. Right. Because this, this, <laughs> but, this promise has been held out for Battletech fans for a long time, and has never come to fruition. But the the coolest thing about this one is is that one it, it it is an MMO and you and I have both said the reason that we got out of uh the old republic was not for dislike of the game it was for the fact that we didn't have enough time to play it due to the to, to cost benefit. uh what's the wording I'm looking for we so, didn't so have it was a cost benefit and we we weren't playing enough to justify the expense on a regular basis right this is free to play. In freeze other, beer, freeze grace. In other words, if... I mean, they give you the option if you want to buy this to get money quicker or buy this to it's a, get it's a, a freemium. cool color mech. It's a freemium. Right. Right. But you can play this game for free. That is instantly going to sell me on, yes, I would be willing to give you the half hour I have here to game or the... 40 right. minutes I have here to game because right. I, I no longer feel like I have to justify an expense. The other thing that I liked about it was the idea that uh, I've been kind of following a developer blog. Right. And they're talking about, if you, you talked about your the videos, role folks, in the game. Dude, the go game watch is not videos. simply go in, kill other guys, get out. No. it's And it's also not just work your way up until the biggest mech and the biggest gun. Right. Because there are things like spotters right. who go in and identify where a mech is so that somebody so, else can identify, I need to get my gun at this angle. Right. So there are guys be- who, who map, map out the battlefield. There are, there are heavy artillery, right. big old honking mega mechs, but there are so many other options. So, so let's describe this, right? Let's say, Mike, you and I are in a lance together, and we come up against another lance. 
And let's say they're they're playing the old-fashioned way. The let's get your biggest, baddest dudes and just load up the field with them. Okay? So let's say that, uh, you know, we're playing on a map. There's a valley down, and uh, we look out, and there's two giant mechs coming at us. Well, we could also mount two giant mechs and just slug it out and see who has the best Twitch skills. Yeah, I, I don't like that kind of game. But what... The other thing we could do is we could put one of us in a super fast mech, so fast that it's actually difficult to target him, and another one with a huge bank of long-range weapons can go hide behind a mountain. The little mech takes off into the valley, strafes right past the big guys, making it look like, oh no, he sees him and he's running. No, he's not. He sees him and he's kiting. You know, he's engaging them to get a good target lock on them. And once you have that target lock, you can relay that information to the big guns in the back who fires off his jump jets, gets up, so he has a quick line of sight, fires off his rockets and drops. All of a sudden, these two big mechs that are standing in the middle of the valley get hit from out of nowhere. That's amazing! Uh, A couple other cool things that I've seen. Uh, They're going to have legit leadership in this game. Oh yeah, they are. So, check this out, right? You have somebody, whoever, and it's generally whoever is the most uh, highly ranked player, uh, but you can pass it on. It can be other people, and you can specialize in these kind of things because you also upgrade your character. So you can specialize in roles. But what they've described is individual players within may not have line of sight to each other, may not have communication with each other, but there is going to be a, a leader the general, if you will, the guy on the hill in the back. And his screen, they've described it as, it's going to be so full of data, of tactical data, you're not going to even be able to see past the screen to enemies that are coming at you. Your job entirely is going to be to manage the flow of tactical data coming in and get that information out to your lance mates to get them to know where to go and how to combine all of this tactical information to best work together as a team. That's amazing, dude. By the if way, Luke, in our works, lands, that's going to be you. <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. I, I like to... Yeah, you know, actually, it might work if uh, if I get the mech that I'm hoping for. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy long-range artillery mechs, so... Um, you know, but I think that if that works, if all of these systems that they have promised work, the the role warfare, the information warfare, the ongoing persistent world, the uh, the storyline, and if you don't know the storyline behind the BattleTech world, first let me tell you that it's extraordinarily convoluted. Oh yeah. And uh, second, go to the to the BattleTech website. There's a free 50 page uh, intro to the BattleTech world PDF. Super helpful for you. Um, can you tell that I like this stuff? <laughs> uh, Dude, I'm just getting into this, and so I'm very excited about all the information they're putting out there. Because I've had vague notions, but even even when I got into playing the the video games, most of the video games I played were of the clanners, and this happens before the clans. Before the clans come back, um, the the uh, so I'm super excited about this. I actually have kind of come up against a little bit of a well, a question dilemma. Okay. Uh, as we mentioned, this is game is free. Yes. Free to play, free to buy. Does that, that doesn't make sense. Free to install, free to begin, whatever, and free to play on an ongoing basis. There are, however, what they're calling founders packs. Yes. 
Uh, there's three levels. I think they're thirty, sixty, and maybe ninety or one hundred and twenty dollars, something like that. Something like that. I know the 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 big one is really big. Yeah, and uh, what you get out of that is you get a couple of months, uh, like a month or two or six or whatever, of of premium membership, which means more money, more experience for doing the same things. You get in-game money to spend, which probably means you can buy bigger, better mechs, better equipment, stuff like that. Uh, you get access to Founders mechs that uh, that other people won't have access to immediately upon playing. They'll have to earn their way into those Founders mechs. But the other thing that you get is a guaranteed start date. Which the rest of us will not be getting. Will not be getting. And that is August 7th. Uh, it's coming up here pretty quick. The game has no release date. Rumors say it's going to be this summer, this August. But it doesn't have a release date. They have not announced a release date. In fact, if you go on their website, one of the over and over and overly repeated questions is, is this when it starts for the rest of us? And basically the response from the dev team is, August 7th start date is for those people who signed up to be the founders packages. If you're not a founder, we won't know when your release date is. <laughs> right. Well, and there's also a bit of question about whether this is actually the start date for founders or whether it is an invite into the beta. Closed beta. And, you know, whether you're going to wipe when the game actually launches. Oh, that would oh, that would upset me so greatly. Well, and it would, I mean, other than getting to play and maybe, you know, developing some skills and developing some strategies and finding people to play with, it really diminishes the value of this early start. Right. Um, and so that's a very, it's just an interesting question. Is it worthwhile to pay for a free game? You know, I am in love with this world. I've thought about it, doing at least the minimum, just as an act of, like, you know, solidarity. There have saying, been games that are free to play that I have thrown a couple bucks at. The well, biggest one of these was League of Legends. But it's Kickstarter, right? Kickstarter kind of does Kickstarter stuff like that, vibe. too. I mean, if this was on Kickstarter, it would it would feel a little different, I think. But uh, it's not on Kickstarter. It's something they're just doing themselves, and that's, that's fine. Um, so I don't... I, I think, as hard as it is for me to say it, I think I'm going to wait. I think I am too. It's I I went back and forth on it, but as it stands, as at my current budget level, I pretty much was only going to be in for the thirty dollar. Just call me founder and you know give me my start date. So it's not a huge loss for me. I I think I'm just going to wait. Uh, however, I can say that a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Luke, is in this for. I believe he said he was an elite founder. Oh. That's intense. That is intense. You get four max. That's for that also one. him. This is Hi, true. we we love you. By the way, you're awesome. Um, and you know, I I've actually been kind of going back and forth about three different things, and I did actually make my choice about thirty seconds prior to trying to contact you. We had a bit of a connection problem today. True. But, uh, trying to contact you today. Um, I've been thinking about the sixty dollar pack on Mac Warrior. I've been thinking about Gods and Kings mm. on Civilization, which is $30, which five years ago, if you told me to buy a self-expansion for 30 bucks, I would have been like, sure, no problem. Today seems expensive to me. I'm not sure why. 
Because <laughs> the... money's harder to get now. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Uh, and then finally, uh, an extra tool for my garage shop. I actually decided today I bought the tool, so there you go. There you go. Decision made. But, yeah, I I will say that there there's definitely... I think one thing that tipped the scale for me was the fact that at the same time the guys from MechWarrior Online were asking me for my money, the Steam Summer Sale happened. Yes, and uh, I, I am aware of a purchase that you made that, frankly, annoyed me a little bit. But I'm I, glad for you. How about that? Luke just mentioned Civ Five. I have loved the Civilization games since I believe I picked up my first Civ game at Civ 2. I didn't get in on the first one, but I believe I picked up Civ 2. I have loved these I did these play games. the first one, I'm just saying. Just them. saying. And I, I die all the time in them. But I don't care. I have so much fun watching Persia run all over me. And there, I love the irony of being conquered by Gandhi. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely love these games. But, however, it was budget. I couldn't afford a $60 Civ 5 when it came out. So I'm, I'm being the good little geek that I am and checking the Steam Summer Sale every day to see what the deal is of the day. And there it was. Civ 5, Game of the Year Edition, $13. That's ridiculous. Anybody <laughs> who, did not, who saw that and didn't buy it is a fool. That's an amazing deal. You can't even get Civ 4 for $13. So, yeah, I, I jumped on that like like crazy and made sure that that happened. But the, the I always love the, the Steam Summer Sale, not only because you get your hands on these really epic huge big title games that are really cheap price, but also because I really like looking at the, the indie games that either get displayed during the Summer Sale or you know, it, at the 15 or or $20 range, you're kind of like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if this game's going to be any good. Right. You give it to me at 75% off, and it starts becoming more along the lines of a $5 Four, game. Or $5 game, yeah. Oh, I'm going to pick that up. Or if you put them in, say, a Humble Indie Bundle. Yes, I love the Humble Bundle, because not only is that, that is win-win. Can we can we put a link to the Humble Bundle on the page this time? Well, because they they keep doing these over and over again. Um, where they'll just bundle stuff. Like, I think the last one was music, actually. It wasn't even a game. It was music. Um, but they just bundle this stuff up, and they say, you can pay whatever you want for it. Um, and all the money goes to charity. In fact, the the guy, the Humble Bundle guys have kind of teamed up with Child's Play, which is one of my favorite charities ever, started up by the Penny Arcade guys. And the money goes to Child's Play. So that's win-win. You get awesome games, and kids get to feel more human while sitting there in chronic care in hospitals. That's that's win all around. But uh, the Steam sale is a great time to pick up these indie games, because I, I, I want to support the independent developer. I know several. I, I was telling you before we started recording, there was a guy who... I met today, and, and it's fun because he might be listening to this because I told him about the, the, the podcast and he seemed to like it a lot and his wife was kind of elbowing him saying, yeah, you'd really, this sounds like something you'd like. Um, But we were talking about the, the game that he's coming up with and it sounds really cool and, and it seems like something that I really want to to see made. And 
stuff like the Steam sale really gives these guys a platform to say, yes, you've worked really hard, this game is awesome, and we want to help you get it to the point that people can actually see it and want to buy it. And, so, and I, I did pick up a couple of them, one of them being this wonderful little title called Dungeons of Dreadmore, which I will highly recommend. You know, I've heard of this. It's a it's a great game. They've they've really done a lot of work in it, and uh, it's really fun because it doesn't take itself seriously at all. But at the same point, it's a really challenging game. Uh, you get to to pretty much make your own kind of class based off of a different skill sets, and so it some of them range from the really obvious stuff like you're really good with a sword, or you're really good with arm, you know, wearing armor, or I can use fire magic. But then there's other ones. There's other ones like the Killer Vegan or Emomancy or <laughs> I just picked up something from the Steam Workshop that actually lets me be uh, a traveler, a hitchhiker from the Hitchhiker's Guide. Nice. And so, and it's just so ridiculous. Um, I have I have a ton of fun with this. And at the same point, it's really like I said, it's really challenging. You'll open a door, and all of a sudden, this big text will come across the screen, 300 monsters, and literally you're looking at a room full of things that want to eat you. And if you play the game like I do, you clicked on the little button that says permadeath, and <laughs> and you have to fight, you have to figure out a way to either run or kill your way through 300 monsters. And it is, it's such a cool game. And it doesn't take itself seriously. Like, one of the coolest items I picked up was a, uh, a little... It looked like a kitchen pot, and I picked it up, and it said the Helm of Threepwood. And if you don't know, cool. if you haven't been playing point-and-click adventure games since you were oh, five, Guybrush. like I am, uh, Guybrush Threepwood is the hero of the Monkey Island games, and he's like the he's your typical non-adventurer adventurer. And so the fact that the Helm of Threepwood is an iron kitchen pot is just so cool. <laughs> So I'm, uh, I, I pulled up Steam while you've been talking, uh, looked for today's sale, $4.99, uh, a game called King's Bounty Armored Princess. Never heard of it. Looks amazing. You know, I, and that's the thing, is that if you go, where do you buy your games, if you buy games? PC, mostly I'm going through Steam anymore. Like, well, unless okay. it's I, something I mean, you that buy, like, your physical is games? from a developer that doesn't have an agreement with Steam, I'm pretty much getting this now, because it, it's just a great platform. Like, I would never have seen this. Look, I mean, check this out. It's a, uh, you know, you're running through, it looks like you're playing in Fable, all of a sudden you get into conflict, and now we're, we're on hexes, and we, we've got a strategy game going. This is just my kind of thing. I've seen... Uh, Let's see, lizard men. I've seen a gigantic steampunk robot. Uh, I've seen. Oh, there's a dinosaur. Of course, uh, there is. So you know, uh, it, it's uh, kind of a maybe a take on a, a uh, Final Fantasy kind of game. Four ninety nine, and look, it actually works on a Mac. What do you know? <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Not very good, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a it is a problem. Um, so yeah, and uh, you know, I do like that. Uh, you know, with the cloud save uh, kind of function, things like that. Though, I'll tell you, I did have a bit of a Steam problem yesterday. Did you? I did. Uh, you told me about your $13 Civilization V purchase. I got all steamed up about that and decided, well, fine. 
I'm going to play my $60 version of Civilization V. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, hit hit the button, and uh, nothing happened. Hit the button and said, "Oh, it's uh, it's not fully installed. You'll need to uh, install it." Oh, well, maybe that just means there's an update. It's been a little while since I've played. Nope, somehow it had gone bad and disappeared. Uh, which unfortunately means that I couldn't just reach out and grab my disc and plug it in. I had to re-download it. Oh, boo. I did I mention earlier in this episode that I live in the middle of nowhere where internet is a luxury? Yes. Uh, okay. Too well, bad, I'll be playing Civilization in six hours. City. Uh, why? What's what's wrong with internet in Kansas City? No, nothing. They're getting the Google connection. The, oh, are they like, the ones who are getting the, uh, the fiber? Oh, Google connection. Yes, that would have been nice. Play it in two minutes. No, play it in six hours. Uh, <laughs> However, uh, my Japanese are doing just fine. The Mongolians have um, started to encroach on my territory, and they're bigger and stronger than me, so I don't know what I'm going to do about that, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, too much cool, not enough time. Well, the thing that, that, that really got me about this, Luke, was the fact that, um, and it could be loosely based around the sermon that they had this morning, um, I start looking at these indie gamers and I, I start thinking about all the different ways that people look at, at these sort of, of passions, these sort of drives, these sort of dreams, really, and want to just squish them. Sure. Um, uh, you're you going to spend three years designing a video game and you don't work for a company? Are you crazy? You're going to spend a few years writing a novel and then releasing it uh, as to, an ebook To get a couple of bucks every time somebody picks it up? Are you crazy? You're going to spend time developing woodworking or leatherworking or silverworking skills and then travel around the Renaissance Fair circuit and sell that stuff? Are you nuts? Uh, yeah, and, I think I know what you're talking about. Right. The the thing that has gotten to me about it is the fact that I see such a connection with that and the way that happens when we start saying, you know, I really think God is calling me to this. Are you going to take your vacation time and travel to South America to work with some orphans? Are you crazy? Are are you going to uh, spend every Wednesday of your life working with junior hires? Do you know what junior hires are like? Are you crazy? Oh, uh, yes, I know exactly what junior hires are like. <laughs> now, I see, and it, it's funny, too, because I know f the example you use is perfect, because I had to use a week of vacation time, uh, not this coming week, but the following week, to go to Boston to work my butt off and sleep on a concrete floor with a bunch of junior and senior high school boys. That's not as fun as a cruise. That That's what I'm spending my vacation on. And now there is a steampunk cruise, by the way. Have you seen that? Uh, you could have done I, that. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> they can have fun. It's a con on a boat. <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I... I just get this notion, like... Oh my goodness, the, the, the best example I can give, and there are many, there are countless, I've heard many of them myself, and what I haven't heard, other people have, but the, the, the most upfront example is 
God forbid you say, you know, I really feel God is calling me to plant a church. Because there are people who, who love God who will look at you and say, I think you're being an idiot here. <laughs> because it basically means spending a significant amount of time questioning whether or not you're going to have any income at all, and if you're going to have any impact in the community. And Luke, you can speak directly into this. Oh, yeah. I spent uh, about seven years working to plant a church, and I planted a church that didn't take. So you know I'm... full well what it means, to the, the risk behind saying, I think this is what God has for me to do. Absolutely. And, you know, that is what God had for me to do. We did incredible ministry. Church just didn't happen to take. It didn't take off. Uh, you know, I'll give you an even better example. You know, uh, I have a friend, we'll just call him a friend, uh, who was a missionary, moved his family across the world. Things didn't go well. Okay, came back home. He was a pastor. Uh, spent a few years as a pastor. And then, couldn't, couldn't keep doing that anymore because he knew he was called to go back. So he picked up his family, even after a really hard experience. Picked up his family, moved them across the world again to an even crappier place in the world, <laughs> and did it again. You know, that's incredible. Until you've had the experience of failure and pain while you are serving God and decide to get up and do it again, that's crazy talk. But crazy talk and faith talk often pretty similar. Well, I love talking to these guys. I love talking to uh, independent anything, independent authors, independent uh, game designers. I love talking to artists who are trying to become professional. I love talking to actors who are desperate to try and, and get that that role that will make it so that they don't have to have a day job, that, they, that acting is their job. I love talking to these people because there's they are driven by the kind of passion that, that most people – wish and dream they could could come up with they are operating on a whole new level of existence than most people and i think there's there's definitely going to be a time when what should be a common occurrence really is going to become more of a driving force that we're going to start seeing that to do the christian thing is going to be a lot more difficult to do passively it should be but I also live in a world where I observe things. And so I know there are a lot of people doing the whole Christian walk passively. And I think it's going to be harder and harder to do that because there's going to be, uh, especially with all the stuff that happens in the news lately and all the ridiculousness and this guy shouts louder than this guy. And I, I think that it's going to become really difficult to, to, to say I'm a Christian and and be ready to, to come with all the, the, the garbage and the good stuff, but there is garbage that comes along with that. And it's going to be harder to, to sign up for that when it it's not your thing, it's not your passion, that serving God is just something you, oh yes, I, I, I love Jesus, what, you mean he actually wants me to do something? I, I don't think I've signed up for this. I know, I think that all you have to do is have a look back, uh, you know, you could start with scripture, but way beyond scripture, you go through the entire line 
of church history, whether you're doing like church history, church history, like the old stuff, or whether you're just looking at the people, I mean, find out about your church. How did your church get started? Dude, I, I, I had so much fun. Not this church that I'm at right now has had a lot of, of history of its own, but the church I worked at previously, they, uh, it was really interesting to find out that another church in the area used to be part of our church. And there was, I, I looked into the, the drama that went in between there and, and there was an excuse for why they broke off, but that wasn't really the story. If you looked into the records and th- I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe you're even at a church right now and you're listening and you're at a church that's kind of annoying to you right now. Uh, a lot of people are, but there is a good chance that somewhere, someplace in the past, a group of adventurers decided to go out and to start this church. Right. And it happened know, at some point, somebody had to found it. Well, and, and every ministry that you look into, you know, we look at huge ministries. Now, all of those started with one guy with a passion, with a dream, maybe a girl too. And, uh, said, Hey, I'm going to go do something stupid. I'm going to go do something nuts for the kingdom yeah. of God. Campus crusade started in a basement. That, I was going to throw that out there. One of the, the biggest non-church, uh, like parachurch ministries out there started in a freaking basement. What really people about, passionate about learning about God. Think about where we would be at. You, you posted uh, on the, was it on your website? Or was it on your Facebook page? Or was it on the uh, Guys Can Read Facebook if it's, page? If you, it's relevant vote? to Guys Can Read, I put it on both. <laughs> well, and, but it, it's the, uh, your, your uh, ever-changing cover photo. Yes, um, Gary Gygax, uh, we are celebrating his birth. we celebrated his birthday on, on the 27th. Well, just imagine where we would be at if Gary Gygax didn't do something bonkers 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, look how much we would miss. I'm looking at the Steam interface right now, and half of these games wouldn't be here. Oh, yeah. And think about what that could mean for that, that little vision that God has planted in your head in your heart for the kingdom of God. Think about what it could be if you were that person and 30 years from now have no idea just what that, that, this, that little seed could grow into. Uh, man, if, if you're not inspired by that, uh, you're missing something. Well, it, it's true. And I, I will say again and again and again that if God is calling you to something, it probably won't be easy to see that happen. It really won't. Because God tends to not call us to simple tasks. If we we wouldn't need to be called by God if it was just, you know, just show up and just you know, pick this thing up. Okay, you're you're good. That's what I've called you to. That that's not how he operates. He calls freaking fishermen to lead the world, basically. And you know, I've, it's going to be really easy for you to look at this dream and say that it's just a pipe dream or it's something that we'll never be able to accomplish. And I, I will say that my caveat to this is that if you think that, that God is calling you to do something, talk, gather around you people that you trust and say, I think God is calling me to, me to this and this is why. Because the people that you honestly trust 
they're probably going to back you. Or they might make you question. And even if nobody backs you, even if it's just you and God, the fact that those people are challenging you will make you wonder if it's really worth it or not. And sometimes you're going to look at a dream and say, this is really worth it, and I'm going to pursue this, and I'm going to make this happen, whether people think that it's it's a good thing or not. I've spent a lot of years in ministry. When I first started, a lot of people thought I was crazy. I had a lot of people think that I was I was going into ministry to get out of real work. That was a quote that was given to many people, including my own father. I was going into ministry to get out of real work. And what I discovered was, is that when you're doing it right, ministry is some of the hardest work you'll ever do. Because it asks you to give up everything, even if nothing comes back to you. And what I've seen is, is just by... Just by going for that. I have, I'm not exactly living the dream. Everything I do, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm, I'm currently volunteering, which is why, you know, we kind of half joking, half seriously say, if you're listening to this and, and are looking for a youth pastor or an associate pastor, please, I can give you my resume quickly. We, we do that half jokingly, half seriously, because I'm not getting paid. I'm giving up my weekends. I'm giving up my Wednesday nights. I'm giving up whole weeks at a time to be with kids because I think that... If I was asked over and over again, if you can do anything else with your life and be happy, do that instead of ministry. And over and over again, I looked at them and said, no, even if I do something else for a paycheck, I have to be doing this. If you find yourself in that situation, I don't care if it's ministry. I'd love it if it's ministry. But if you're doing anything and you're saying, I am doing this for the glory of God, I have been made for this purpose, this is my calling, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I I talked with one guy who said, my goal is to learn everything I can about science and agriculture so I can make something that will solve world hunger, and I'm going to do that for God. And I said, amen, brother, I will do anything I can to support you. And that takes passion, and it takes somebody just getting out there and saying, I don't care if you think I'm crazy, this needs to happen. You know, I think that we we really want to make that point, that, you know, so often when you hear, well, is God calling you? It's such a slim series of roles that we we limit that to. Um, and, and Mike, you and I are both people who've played those roles. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I was called to ministry. That that happened for me, but but that calling, that thing that God has put into your heart, uh, you know, it 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 doesn't have to be a pastor or a missionary or a Sunday school teacher. If it is those things, awesome. We We're completely glad. support those things. We're glad, but maybe it's you need you want to write a book. Maybe it's you're going to make a video game. Maybe it's that you really like to make cupcakes. I don't know. Maybe it's that you want to accomplish a certain task. Whatever it happens to be, that I believe that God puts things in our hearts, and if we, we listen, that God puts things in our hearts for a reason. And you know what we're trying to encourage you to do today is take that, that seed that he's put in your heart and just, just give it a little bit of water. Give it a little bit of fertilizer. Let, let's get this thing going. And you may have to chase away the crows, if we want to keep going with this farming metaphor. You may have to to pull out weeds. You may have to uh, 
add add all sorts of stuff to this to make it work. You might have to to re-envision or, or replan or say, you know, we put this over here, but if we put it over there, it would be much better and it would get more sunlight. I mean, you might have to re- like rethink your dream and, and redevelop it, but if you just keep at it and you have that passion and you give that up to God and you say, you know what, I'm doing this because I was born for this. I promise you, you're going to see amazing things happen, even if it's not the th- even if it's not the thing that you thought it was going to be. All right, Mike. I know that you are busy pursuing your callings. Um, and uh, how can folks find out a little bit more about those callings? Uh, the big thing, as always, is going to be TinkerStory.com. It was fun because I just got a tweet from somebody who's writing another story called Tinker. And uh, they're like, wow, I'm so thankful that our stories are different because we're both going for the same name. I go, yeah, I was a little upset, too, that I saw somebody who's already publishing something under the title I was looking for. But... Um, Tinkerstory.com is where you're going to find all that. Um, you're also going to find me on all sorts of various social media. I'm on Twitter at Shadow of Cyrano or, or Von Klockwerk for my steampunky fun times. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I'm also pretty much everywhere you want to find me. I can also write the blog for our, our kind of overflow blog where it's stuff that doesn't quite fit here either by time constraint or by, and it's really kind of hard to talk about this in a radio style format. Um, it's perception check. It's perception dash check.com. And if you email us, uh, at gamestoreprofits at gmail.com, I'm the guy who checks that email. So, uh, definitely email us, let us know what you want to hear. Uh, we were happy to, talk to anybody and everybody who wants to who listens to us and wants to be part of this community um a community that's grown pretty ridiculous hasn't it luke yeah you know i'm excited um 15 countries luke 15 (laughs) uh and i we're big in europe i don't know (laughs) i don't know what's up with that apparently the germans love us uh you know we're one of the cool things that's happened recently is uh i completely revamped all of the, the hosting strategies for all of my various projects, uh, which meant that for the first time, Game Store Profits got its own host and its own domain and uh, got, gets to live in its own part of the world, uh, the internet world now, uh, which means we can find out a little bit more about you. And uh, we are so excited for everybody who's listening. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I just love that there are people uh, around the world who are geeks who follow God. That's pretty cool. That's so cool. So, Luke, how can people learn about you and learn a little bit more about this fun little family that we're building here? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I am virtually invisible these days. You on have the internet. kind of dropped off the internet map. Uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Luke Navarro or at Fat of the Land, F A T T A T H E L A N D. But uh, just a warning, I uh, I am so busily involved with all of the things that I'm doing, most of which are fairly analog things, um, that I, I really haven't had a whole lot to say as of late, but uh, still would love for you to follow me. I'll follow you right back, and uh, then we'll, we can uh, internet chat. But I do check every single day uh, our Game Store Profits Facebook page. And so if you would like to talk to me, that's probably the best way to do it. If you'd like to talk to Mike, if you'd like to talk to other fans of the show, go to facebook.com slash game store profits. 
And uh, you can also go to GameStoreProfits.com or send us email at GameStoreProfits at gmail.com. We are so thrilled. Uh, I would say it in many languages, but I don't know very many languages. So we are I know so a couple, thrilled. but I would butcher them, and so I will respect yeah. your languages and just say, you guys are awesome. As always, remember that God is the Game Master, and no matter how those dice fall, the game plays on.